Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It felt like every game we were going to go in and win. And there wasn't a question. There wasn't a fake, uh, you know, bravado. Didn't have to do a whole lot of rah-rah. It was like, we got the talent to kick ass. We had the right people. We had the hunger. And you could sense that shit in OTAs. I'm Chris Long, and this is American Prodigies, Becoming Great. On this podcast, we highlight the fascinating career journeys of current and former football players. Each episode, we take you on a trip through a player's life, and along the way, explore what it means to be great. Today, we're diving into the story of one of the top right tackles in the league right now. I know that firsthand, because we spent two years together in Philly kicking each other's asses. My ass was kicked more than his. He's a pro bowler, an all pro, and a Super Bowl champ, and he's been open about his struggles with mental health. He was also named after the main character in a Luke Perry movie, and he cut his teeth digging graves, but we'll get into that. Our subject is Lane Johnson. Picture yourself in East Texas. That's where Lane's from. If you're imagining dusty roads, 10-gallon hats, and bull riders, you're in the right neighborhood. Your dad was a was a rodeo dude, hey, a bull rider. Hey, we hey. talked to him on FaceTime last night. How, yeah, how was that? It was like uh, I was uh, in a, I was teleported to East Texas. <laughs> I was just, I was, it, it was it was remarkable. Uh, tell me about your pops and his bull riding background. Yeah, and what it's like growing up in uh, in East Texas. Texas. What was it? Groveton was your high school. Yeah, Groveton, Texas, and so I went there from. 9th to 12th, but I was in Cold Spring, Texas for... Do you become an adult, like, really early when you grow up in East Texas? Is it just like, you just go out there when you're a toddler? Some people tougher than others. And you rope a steer, and you were were digging ditches in a graveyard? No, I was was a grave digger in high school. So I guess you're, if you can't, they call that grave digging, not digging ditches at a graveyard. Yeah, they call it... So I would sound like a total narc. I would sound like a narc if I rolled up on a on a gravesite job. Yeah. If I call it, hey, let's dig some ditches. They'd be like, no, you we're digging graves. Yeah. Ditches are don't go in graveyards, bro. <laughs> what the hell? I don't know what the hell's hey, are you sure you sure you're not still off after that movie? <laughs> after Shutter Island? That Shutter's Island. So 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 your dad rode bulls and you yeah, dug, so, so dug uh, holes that they put uh caskets <laughs> in. So yeah, so first of all my dad's super You look super, like a grave digger. Huh? You look like a grave digger. And let me tell you something. That's where these traps came in, pulling that damn 50-pound anvil bar, chipping that rock there at the bottom. Hey, you, you'll learn about dirt. So you, you worked at how long as a grave digger? Um, I think it was for a summer or two. Just a summer or two. Yeah, so, I mean, this wasn't, you know, I worked for the funeral home, so I made sure the funeral home was mowed, weeded. But you didn't have to go in the funeral home. Yeah, sometimes. I don't do funeral homes. I had to set, bro, I had to dig the, I had to dig the, the, uh, the grave, then I had to set it up for a funeral. And make sure everything was set so when this casket goes on the son of a bitch, it doesn't cave in. Okay? Could you imagine that? <laughs> I could not. 
Yeah. I don't it sucks imagine. for everybody but the guy in the casket because he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. No, but his family does. <laughs> so we'll just leave it at that. Uh, but you didn't have to go in there and deal with anything in the uh, like, you know, the, with the actual. You no, have to I did deal not embalm any. anybody. No, I did not go. I in had there some and deal buddies with. that did that, and uh, that's just not a job I'm interested in doing yeah, at yeah, all. Me um, either. <laughs> so, but your dad was a bull rider. Yeah. So my dad wrote countryest dude you've ever seen. He's about six seven, about two hundred pounds. He's uh. His hands are about this long, um, just a goofy guy. I mean, his his calling he should be a stand up comedian. To be honest, he with was you. pretty funny on the face. U- unique last individual. Night. Uh, he's been doing construction, bro, for for you know, forty fifty years. Yeah, he can do any piece of equipment. But basically, what he does uh, for different subdivisions or whatever train it is, they want the runoff of the water to be a certain way. Right. So the runoff goes, uh, you know, so it can flow out, drain the land. So. He does that. But before he got into that, bro, his his thing was he was a bull rider. And so anybody that's familiar with the sport of bull riding is, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are very tiny, you know, five, five six to, you know, maybe 5'10", five, 5'11". Five, and he was six six out there riding these bulls, bro. Yeah, he's a bit of an outlier. Does that make you more injury prone in the bull riding <laughs> world? No, I think if you're going to get it, you're going to – you can't stop what's coming. What's that movie? No Country for Old Man? No you, Country for Old Man. You can't stop what's coming. Yeah. You're not going to out-muscle a damn 2,000-pound bull – Whatever it's meant to be is meant to be. What was the worst injury he told you about? Uh, he said he got um, stepped on and said it collapsed both of his lungs. Fluid built up. He had to spend about a week in the hospital. Um, but he's, he's seen people die, get stepped on. Or, um, he was bragging last night on the phone about what was the story? He jumped out of a four story. Yeah, I was like, I, I was telling Chris. This is some bull rider time. shit. Only bull riders do shit like this. And he said, uh, was his friend, first of all, his name was Billy Bob Hutto. And and he's like, Billy Bob's saying he won't jump. And I was like, so you jump for the four-story window? I said, he said, Lane, it was a five-foot pull and it was a six-story window. And he said, what do you say happened to him when he when he hit the bottom of the pool? He said, I I did a cannonball and need myself in the fucking jaw. <laughs> hey, legend. Yeah, so basically I was named after uh, Lane Frost, the bull rider. Really? So, yeah. So the, the movie Eight Seconds with Luke Perry, that's kind of – I thought that was a porno. At least that's what my parents told me. I thought that was a porno. They were lying to me my whole damn life. Between digging graves and listening to his dad's bull riding stories, Lane also found time to play a little football. But he didn't start off at tackle. Our boy made his mark at quarterback. Meanwhile, he was also playing baseball, basketball, throwing shot put, and was active in the future Farmers of America. That's right. My dude was out here raising steers. At the end of high school, and I gotta tell you, this annoys the hell out of me, he graduated as valedictorian. Thanks for making us all look like lazy pieces of shit, Lane. Now remember, because our guy is still a quarterback, he wasn't highly recruited out of high school. He ended up at the JUCO program at Kilgore College. At Kilgore, Lane took on the backup QB role. He could beat you with his legs or sling it a mile down the field. Coming from a smaller high school, he was a bit raw, but it was clear to everybody around him that he was a beast. Lane ended up undefeated as a college QB. I mean, he only started one game, but he got the W, so there you go. At spring practices next season, Lane stepped in as a tight end and pancaked a linebacker. That caught the eye of a Southern Miss recruiter. Soon enough, TCU and OU caught win, and they were offering him as well. The Sooner scooped him up. New places, new faces, new positions. At OU, Lane moved from tight end to DN. 
and then eventually offensive tackle. It was a grind, but Lane's always been one to embrace the grind. OU, the, where I went to college, was pretty hardcore discipline. Yeah. So I lived that. I lived that life. Yeah. The grind paid off. During his junior and senior seasons, Lane would start 23 out of 26 games, making a name for himself as a versatile, uber-athletic player. After the 36-yard gain, fires in zone, stills, pulls it down, touchdown, Oklahoma. It was at OU where Lane experienced what he considers his most fun play at any level of football. Man, there was one time in college. I got hit. Okay, funny-ass story. Dude's name was, I think his name was Jake Latimer, like Latimer from the Oh, program. yeah, yeah, yeah. Long hair, we're playing Iowa State. Guy has hair down to his shoulders, all silver teeth. He goes over there, and we we have a RPO where I'm man on the backside. Yeah. And he just kind of can't get away from me. Yeah. Uppercuts me in the balls, bro. Hard as fuck. Did he? Hard. Next play, I told him I was going to fucking kill him. Didn't didn't even go against him, but we had a deuce block, and I fucking threw the three technique, bro, over just out of the damn frame and went up to the linebacker, just ah, ah. So you're like a video game that was boss. A, that was the funnest play in my career. So he thought that you you were like a video game boss that if you got hit in the balls, you were gonna die. Hey, but I it actually was like a trigger point for you. <laughs> it was trigger point therapy. You, you got stronger. You don't hit Lane Johnson in the, it was like, in the uh, sack because he'll turn into. It's I was like, like, uh, it's like he's on PCP when you hit him in the balls. I've turned into uh, Gordon off a of dodgeball, the old man with the glasses <laughs> when he got when he got angry. That's who I turned into. The movie recall is terrific. By the end of his college career, Lane was being touted as one of the top tackles in the class of 2013. The Eagles nabbed him fourth overall. The Philadelphia Eagles select. Lane Johnson, tackle, Oklahoma. As a rookie, Lane had some growing to do. The dude was a little on the skinny side. Time flies, I remember when you came out of college, I swear to God, I looked at you the first time I saw you, I was like, there's no way this guy has an anchor. He's too skinny, he looks like the tight end yeah. um, that you be, that you you ended up at uh, OU from a JUCO, you started out as a tight end and a quarterback. Yeah. You end up as, as a tackle. You come in the league, and I'm like, this guy's kind of skinny. There's no way. I'd love to test his anchor out. And then little, little did I know I had to go against you in practice for two years. Um, you have a hell of an anchor. You you anchor, to me, I don't know what it is, the way you reset your hips or you 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 anchor at the last second. There'll be a, there'll be a moment in there where I think I have you bold, and then at the last minute you're really able to kind of arch your back. And How do you do that? Yeah, so for my rookie year, I was giving up, you know, Every time I gave up a initial bull rush, I would probably stagger about three yards. Yeah, just trying to catch my anchor. Then now that's kind of controlled. I think it's a lot more with the timing of the hands. Yeah, the hands and the feet, and I guess all that energy hitting at one time instead of being kind of scattered. But you know, I guess after years of hey taking ass whoopings, <laughs> you, better, you better learn a, a better way to cope with it. And you did. Luckily, Lane got some valuable guidance from a legend at the tackle position, Jason Peters. JP to me is not only a, a Hall of Famer, an all-time great, obviously in Philly. Yeah. Um, I played against him in Buffalo uh, and never got a chance to play against him in Philly. But the guy is uh, is a legend. But, yeah. you know, a lot of great players don't want to pass it on to younger players. Yeah. And one thing I noticed about him is he's very open with the younger players. He wants to help. That was right away, too, when I first got there. Yeah. And – uh I, don't know, I guess it's probably his, his family and like his family. Every time I met him after the game, they're always very welcoming. That's just what kind of people uh, I think they are, and that's always brought up. Um, 
Yeah, where do you, where do you want to start with that guy? Well, we got lots of stories. How talented is he? Give me some give me so, some anecdotes yes, yes. on how so, talented he is. So when I because he can still beat me in a foot race, and I'm about you hate. He's, I don't want to admit it, but it was a few years ago. We we're in the bubble, and he was kind of running around after the after practice, and so I started running, and we got on the full blown sprint row, and he beat me. Oh yeah, and I was going, what the fuck's going on around? He's here? about he's about ten years older than you. And about forty pounds heavier. Fifty, yeah, fifty pounds heavier, guys. Uh, so when I think of just talent wise, I don't, I can't think of a guy that could be as talented as him, like in their prime, because of how you know he's six four and a half, and then he's three fifty three sixty. And and whenever I heard about that weight, I was like, "There's no way this guy can move." Like, no way at all. That's you know? a mauler. That's all that you could yeah, do. Yeah, I, with I that was weight. thinking slow, and then I went out there. I was like, "Bro, this dude has quickness like a DB," and I was like. And then when I got there, my rookie year is like in his ninth or tenth year, and I see that, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, and but he then, but then, he was helpful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right away. I mean, it was. Uh, we grew up pretty. Uh, I guess we're both from Texas, so I guess our personality is pretty similar. I like to joke a lot. He likes to play around some, but just kind of clicked, and uh, yeah, he's just like a, a beacon of knowledge. Now, if a player's struggling in in the O line room, he's never going to make them feel worse about themselves. There, he's always going to. No, a lot of stuff. Up. He'll he'll pull you aside uh, away from kind of the the crowd. That's kind of even when he's when he's coaching. Um, and a lot of times, I mean, even he knows young players is that you're getting told so much, you're kind of getting information overload. Yeah. And I think what he does a good job is kind of backtracking and give the guy a few simple things to work simple. on. And that's what he helped me with. Okay, man. Hey. Laying long, long as your hips are low and long as your feet are moving and you're in a good athletic base. And, he, and the one thing he always told me was is that the defensive end is going to react off what you're presenting. Right. So you're throwing hands, are you not? Are you low? Are you, you know, watching a lot of his tape early on, he was a big jump setter. I mean, he still yeah. doesn't now, but that's basically what he does. He would just hop on people, bro. It looked like he was, hope, hope. Yeah. And just one big step and, and hey that's not and you're that's in golf. Not nobody that's julius peppers that's yeah. that's jason taylor he's doing that too and it's, and it's just he makes it look easy and effortless and it's that's hard to do when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lane ultimately won the training camp competition to start at right tackle after Dennis Kelly went down with a back injury. Early on in the season, Lane battled through some rookie struggles. And in typical Lane fashion, he had an unorthodox way of dealing with them. Yeah, it's probably my third game. We're playing against Kansas City, and uh, I don't, you know, I really don't know a whole lot of guys in the league. But I remember going out pregame warmups, and uh, there's a dude number fifty on. His name's Justin Houston. I go look at this son of a bitch. <laughs> so son of a bitch doing chin ups for the game, and what the fuck's going on? What's or, going on with these triceps? His triceps were about fucking three times the size of mine. Guy comes out there and just fucking sweating. His eyes are fucking this big. And uh, I was doing well the whole first half. I got Mike Vick back there. You know, I'm fucking pipping. You know, I'm yeah, like, I mean, I'm, you get beat I'm, with a pressure. I'm blocking, yeah, I'm blocking with Mike Vick. This somebody's can scramble out, you know, get 20 yards. That's who he is. And then, like, the last, it was the fourth quarter, bro, fucking three sacks in a row. It was, I was trying to jump. 
what happened was I was vertical setting and uh, he was coming in bull rushing me. And so inside shoulder. And so I was trying to jump set him. The, the sacks they gave up was jump sets. And so I went out there over aggressive trying to get on him fast. He just swiped the fuck out of me three times, bro. Same shit. Yeah. Went out there and uh, yeah, got back in the locker room before I even take off my pants. I got fucking less bowing. <laughs> I love you, Les, but. Hey, Les is actually pretty cool. He won't even say something. But He'll the Les just says a statement. a statement. So he got beat with three sacks today. Yeah, it's not a question. It's a, yeah. How do you feel? No, no, that's a question. Yeah. He'll, he'll, yeah. Be, he'll uh, be like, Justin Houston's pretty good at football. Yeah, I'll say, yeah. You see the fucking, those three sacks he got on me? <laughs> fucking destroyed me. And after getting bull rushed by Dwight Freeney and giving up fucking three sacks to Justin Houston, I just shaved that shit off and. Been a different man. Since. I think when you go through a rough time, you you do need major, a transformation. You need major. I do this a lot. Like whenever I want to go get a haircut or you know shave my beard or I'm going through something. So that's always yeah. A, a, you know, like I don't know what that. What is, is that? I I don't know. You think that that's so going to fix whatever problem? Is it, a, is it a Darwinism survival technique? I don't know what it is, but I think it's one of those things where you uh you're like oh everything's going to change me. I'll, I'll I'll be able to block Dwight Freeney if I just shave my head. If I can just look tougher, have a tougher exterior, maybe I'll get tougher <laughs> on the inside, huh? And anchor down on the bull rush. The head shave strategy worked out for Lane. He ended up starting all 16 games. The Birds finished first in the NFCs before losing to the Saints in the wild card. Next season, in 2014, Lane was suspended the first four games of the year for a positive PED test. Eagles offensive tackle Lane Johnson facing a four-game suspension for testing positive for PEDs. I'm Jim Basswell with the latest. When Lane came back, he only gave up one sack the rest of the year. In 2015, Lane started all 16 games, including a couple of left tackle when Jason Peters was injured. Lane was starting to blossom into a star. In 2016, the Eagles signed Brandon Brooks at right guard. Besides beefing up the Philio line, this move had a huge impact on Lane, who gained a new best friend. You talk about Brooks. I mean, Brooks has been, uh, Brooks has been, Brooks has been a, you know, you guys don't go anywhere without each other. We joke about it, you guys. I, I'd say you fight like old ladies and, uh, or an old married couple. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. What, why is that that you guys are so tight and that you guys found each other, it seems like almost immediately when he came to Philly? Uh, I don't know. I guess our, our personalities are, are similar. I think just from the perfectionist point of, of football, um, I would say he's a lot more classier than I am. Has made he's classier lot, than He's made a lot better decisions. He has? Not as impulsive decisions. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but other than that, yeah, only child. I grew up with his mom. Um, and then I think, uh, dude, we just love fucking with each other, man. Yeah. And sometimes it gets it gets bad. We get real pissed, won't talk for a week. Just like you said, like a no married couple. But Who's we're more always, sensitive, you or him? Uh, I, w- I want to say him, but there's times. Where you can be sensitive. Yeah, there's times where I just. Shit, I'm a shit house, bro. And then, <laughs> then I get exposed, and then and then we make up, and then here we go again. It's time for sports. Juices is here, and there's a little bit of trouble in Eagles Paradise tonight, huh? Yeah, we've been down this road before with the Eagles' right tackle. According to multiple reports, Lane Johnson is facing a 10-game suspension for a failed PED test. He is reportedly appealing. Lane ended up only playing six games in 2016 after getting suspended for 10 weeks for a second positive PED test. Look, I'm just giving you the facts here, and I can't sugarcoat it. It's a tough deal. People are going to wonder. People probably continue to wonder. 
But that's the reality when you make a mistake in the NFL like that, and it's something Lane's lived with for a number of years. After 2016 wrapped up, the 2017 season came around. And as I'm sure y'all know, that was a special year. It felt like every game we were going to go in and win. And there wasn't a question. There wasn't a fake, uh, you know, bravado. Didn't have to do a whole lot of rah-rah. It was like, we got the talent to kick ass. We, we had, had the, the right people. We had the right people. We had the hunger. And you could sense that shit in OTAs. You could, you could, you could see it. You're like, well, you know, I've been around some teams. I've seen some good football teams. Lane started 15 games, gets his first Pro Bowl nod, and made first team All-Pro. That's the practicing against Chris Long effect. As for how the team fared, well, you know the story. Wentz, can't find anyone, spins away, under pressure, still on his feet. Now he fires downfield and it's caught by Nelson Aguilar for an Eagles touchdown. 58 yards. Four men on the rush. Keenum throws, he's picked. Patrick Robinson back the other way, looking for a block. Gets it, Robinson for the touchdown. And Foles able to get away and throw. Pass is caught, Jeffrey, touchdown. 13-3 and in the regular season. Carson goes down, Nick steps up. We notched some playoff wins. Then came the Super Bowl. What do you remember about that Super Bowl and and, uh, and being in Minneapolis and the Mall of America and the experience? Yeah, it was... Uh... First of all, it was cold as shit outside. So cold. Uh, so no interaction outside. Uh, I think it all went by pretty fast. It was all kind of a blur, even that, you know, the whole playoff thing, just because I feel like we didn't put any pressure on ourselves because, we, you know, as you know, we weren't expected to do shit. And so it was kind of, well, if we can do this, man, we're going to be heroes. You know, we're going to do good here. If we can win this game, man, we – yeah, everybody's already counted us out. So, so what do you what do you remember about the oranges origin, origin of the, the dog mask? Because – you yeah but we uh we were sitting there i think we were talking about all the you know people, peter king peter king said this and we had all the articles posted kind of all over the building just everywhere in the bathrooms every every stall has hey this is what you're expected to do and uh was good which was get our ass kicked so and then uh you said hey man since we're underdogs we should get some underdog mask <laughs> and it looked it sounded like the dumbest idea it was it sounded fucking stupid. But like, then it ended up well, on the I'm inside just, of our I'm Super Bowl. St- I'm stupid enough to go buy something like that. <laughs> no, but you were on the purchase. So we were sitting on the training room table. I remember bringing it up, and you loved it. And I said, well, I'm kind of I'm kind of slammed right now. I can't really – I don't think I can get this order in. Do you think you can handle this? And you were like, yep, we'll get this thing ordered. Somehow you found – initially, I don't think it was supposed to be a bulldog. Or I don't think it was supposed German to be Shepherd. a German Shepherd. I think we were looking for some other breed. Yeah, but I mean, are you are you, are you trying to get a dachshund mask and put it on? Are you trying to put a Yorkie? Are you no, Yorkshire Terrier? I don't mask want on? the one that uh, Bo had on. Bo had that weak ass looking dog. Bo had the never ending story dog. Yeah. Face on. Uh, Aslam? Yeah. Garrett Blunt swings to the outside, inside the 10, Blunt to the end zone. And they're going to snap it, and it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Foles, touchdown. How do you figure? They go to the very, very, very back of the playbook for the touchdown. What a play call by Doug Peterson. This play call has a chance to be remembered as one of the all-time greats. Clement flares out to the right, caught over the middle, and into the end zone. Zach Ertz for the touchdown.
When it comes to the Super Bowl, there are two things I remember about Lane Johnson. Number one, that he looked bored out there. I mean, legitimately bored. There was no one that challenged him in any way. And that was kind of the theme for our offense. On defense, however, we were having some struggles, much like the New England defense. Maybe not as bad, but in the third quarter, Lane walked over and very sternly asked that we get a stop. A couple minutes later, we got a stop. For the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. Finally. After the game comes the parade. The parade. Was what do you funny. remember about the parade? I just remember Kelsey. I was just chasing Kelsey the whole, whole damn. We were on one bus to another, slapping people's hands. I just remember looking everywhere, and it was like, like I was in Call of Duty. There's just people everywhere. There's people in fucking trees. There's people in buildings. There's people coming out of the windows. There's people coming out of the damn sewers. There's people. There's people everywhere. There's, and everybody had But deer. unlike Call of Duty, they like you. They like you. They want to be your friend. They're not trying to kill you. They want to be your friend. It's the opposite. Call a friendship. <laughs> Call a friendship. And by the end of the day, how about when we were standing behind the, the podium and they were like, y'all want to talk? <laughs> yeah, my eyes were fucking going cross-eyed. I was so blurred. We were so fucking wrecked. <laughs> And, and it's one of those things where you're like, this is a terrible idea, but I also don't know when we'll ever be able to do this again, so we might as well. And we didn't talk about a plan. We didn't. We were just trying to, just really trying to represent Stone Cold Steve Austin to the best of our abilities. We tried. We tried. Um, and people loved it. Um, yeah, they did, yeah. People enjoyed it. If, if I had to do it all over again, if I knew I was going to speak, I may have come up with something a little bit longer, maybe. No, it was short and sweet, and that was great. You left Kelsey to do the, the hard work. Please welcome the underdogs, Chris Long and Lane Johnson. Center of the football universe. Let me hear you bark a little. Hey, we want to break a world record right now. We want to get the loudest E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles chant of all time. Lane, kick it off, baby. I want it. I two. I three. E-A-G-L-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-
Despite the targets on all our backs, Lane's 15 starts earned him a second Pro Bowl. In 2019, he earned a third straight Pro Bowl. Only time I feel valid is if you make, I guess, you're seen as a Pro Bowler for that season means that you played up to your potential, means that you, that's how I validate it to myself. Now, there's different opinions, and there's obviously lots of guys that are very deserving that don't go. Right. Um, but I don't know. I've kind of built it up into a monster, and I, and I try to, I want to be that every year. And I feel like if I'm not that, well, I'm declining in something, you know, like a standard. Um, but I don't know. But really, it's it's pretty, it's a big ass party down there. Kelsey, <laughs> I think Kelsey's going to be down there, and I'm kind of excited just to drink beers and hey, we're not, we're not there having to fucking force feed eggs and go to practice in 30 minutes. We can just chill and drink a beer. So That's the truth. Um, yeah, but part of it is it's like, you know how good you are. And to me, you're a premier tackle in the league, right or left tackle. Yeah, but um, it, I was saying it all goes back to ego and how and you it, feel. It's exactly it's all, right. It's all bullshit. Just what you said. It's all bullshit. Lane also earned himself a sweet little contract extension, making him the highest paid O-lineman at the time. 2020 brought new injury struggles, and Lane only played seven games. 2021 had some ups and downs as well. On the bright side, Lane scored his first touchdown on a play appropriately called East Texas. Off the fake to Boston, Scott to the end zone, touchdown, Lane Johnson. The right tackle. Is he going to get up there, Kenny? Oh, he can't get up there. <laughs> is, that a, is that a link leap? I don't know what that was. <laughs> he also missed a few games because of his battles with mental health, which he's been very outspoken about. How do you, as an athlete, in your prime, manage your health mentally when it comes to separating yourself yeah. from the game? I mean, a lot of times I think if you're good at what you do and then you get so obsessed with how good you are, you get really damn insecure. And so a lot of NFL players, I can speak for myself, I think a lot of guys are really insecure and you put on a persona and a we show. We all do. You put on this show, but I mean, we're just like, we're humans, bro, just like everybody else. So um, the thing is, is communicating. Yeah. And, you know, and knowing that, you know, I'm lucky with, with Brandon and some guys on the team that are, that are very similar so we can talk it out because we're very similar in that, in that aspect. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, the ego is, is the monster. Lane's not done yet. I think he's got some great years ahead of him as he continues to solidify his place in the NFL landscape and grow that legacy. I know I was pretty old when I got to, to Philly, but I will say this. There were days where I thought he was the best tackle I'd ever played. His relentless pursuit of technical excellence, perfection really, the work he put in in the weight room, the extra reps, the footwork, the anchor, the unorthodox hand usage. He is something else to watch. He's even tougher to play against. He made me better in practice. Another thing about getting old in the NFL is you need some friends. You need people to keep things light. You need, you need people to make your day more fun. You've seen a 10,000 of these things. A Wednesday practice needs a Lane Johnson. I needed Lane Johnson. He's not only one of my best friends in the world, but he's somebody that made my two years in Philadelphia even more special. The fun we shared at the parade, that was just a little glimpse into every day. And uh, for that reason, he's one of the best teammates I ever had and the best players I ever played.
Once again, I'm Chris Long, and this is American Prodigies Becoming Great. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us out. Check back next week for a new episode. Thank you so much for listening. Be great out there. Thank you.